morning, folks. It's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. folks welcome to democratic perspective we have a holiday show today um no politics well maybe maybe there is politics um i'm gonna have uh stephen hanks who's here today um introduce our guests and um and we do like to do i would like to do more shows on on cultural issues and stuff uh stephen so who do we? Who are these people, and why are they here? Well, our guest in the studio today, and it's great having them in the studio, is the producer of the Emerson Theater Collaborative and the Arts Academy of Sedona, um, and the director of the show that's going to be there next weekend, The Great Gatsby, Ashley Edelman. And before we bring them in, I'm just going to give some information for our listeners about what's happening with uh, these events coming up this week. So uh, you may, people may know that this week um, is Giving Tuesday, although on Wednesday, um, the Emerson Theater Collaborative is going to celebrate that um, with a charity event, an annual Giving Tuesday charity event for donors and patrons, which will be on November 30th this Wednesday from 4.30 to 6.30. And What's going to happen there, it's all surrounding the presentation of The Great Gatsby, which is going to happen that weekend. Um, and I'll say a little bit more about that in a second. But for the, the event on uh, Giving Tuesday, um, it's called Sights, Sounds, and Samplings of the Roaring Twenties, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, people that come can learn the Charleston and partake in a menu created by Evan Campbell, the fabulous chef from the Willow's Kitchen and Bar here in Sedona. Uh, attendees can have their pictures taken in the self-serve photo booth. How Camilla gets all this together, I'll never know. And there'll actually be a prize awarded for the best costume. And unfortunately, since I'm in the cast, I can't win that. Um, so if you, um, there's a suggested donation of $125 on donations are highly encouraged. Um, and you can get information on that if you go to the Emerson Theater collaborative.org, as well as about Great Gatsby. And here's uh, what's going on with the Great Gatsby. So this is a uh, the F. Scott Fitzgerald's beloved Jazz Aids classic. It's a treatment written by a playwright named Joe Landry. It's the Great Gatsby, a radio play. And Ashley's going to tell us why it's a radio play and what's, what's involved with that. Um, the cast features residents of Sedona and the Verde Valley, which is really cool. And the production is sponsored by the City of Sedona and the Arizona Commission of the Arts. Now, if you want to see The Great Gatsby at the, um, at the Arts Academy of Sedona space in the Collective Sedona in the Village of Oak Creek, the presentations will be on Friday, December 2nd and 3rd at 7 p.m., and on Sunday, on December 4th at 2 p.m., and it'll also be live-streamed audio, that performance only. So, again, for information on tickets, emersontheatercollaborative.org. 
And so now I think I'm just, we should just playing for a couple of weeks, Stephen, the great Gatsby. Excuse me. Is it playing for a couple of it's weeks? Playing, it's starting. It's opening Friday, uh-huh. the second, and playing three performances on the second, third, and fourth. And folks could really go to the website, go to the the group's website for information, and you can sign up. You can buy tickets there, right? right. Essentially, right. so you can get all. Uh, why don't you introduce our guest, and then we'll go there. So our our first guest is the producer of the Emerson Theater Collaborative and Arts Academy of Sedona, and also is a, is a director in her own right, and somebody I've gotten to know since I moved here and has become a really good friend. It's Camilla Ross, and Camilla is going to tell us all about what her organizations do in Sedona. Good morning. Uh, my name is Camilla Ross. I'm the current executive director of the Emerson Theater Collaborative. Emerson Theater Collaborative's mission in and of itself is to serve our youth, our underrepresented communities, and artists with an emphasis on diversity by producing innovative and exhilarating theater. So the innovative part of it, uh, being truly innovative in what we produce as a company. And so for us, we are a soon-to-be 15-year-old nonprofit organization that operates on two coasts. We're here in Sedona, Arizona, as well as Mystic, Connecticut. So we've been doing this for 15 years. But Sedona is really great, and it's really special because this particular production in and of itself uh, has some great connotations to it, and it's all local artists. There's one that's out of time, but all locals up to Sedona, and it's really, really going to be a great time um, for us. The Arts Academy of Sedona was created in 2020 mm-hmm. um, as a place uh, for us as locals to congregate to. It's the Village of Oak Creek's Community Center. So in that space, we produce theater, we have community meetings, we have classes, there's art, there's dance. There's so many things that we can do in that one space. And we all know that space is limited in, in mm-hmm. Sedona. So our community center in the village is where all of us get together and have, you know, conversations. So that's what's important about that space as a whole. And we want the community to come out and use the space, so it's available for rental as well. Yeah, Camilla, what was the motivation for for this particular production, uh, having all local performers? I'm assuming that not everybody is in the cast is a professional actor. So what what motivated you to go in that direction? I just felt that, you know, this is the season, um, and because we've been through so much this past couple of years, that I really wanted to find a production where locals could come and just have a time shift for a moment and take a break, take a respite from whatever they've been doing for these past two years. Yeah. It's been exhausting for people, and so for me, I wanted to just bring a little joy to people's lives. That's great. Uh, it's just, we need that. And they need that. And we need to start thinking about the importance of all people, especially our local people. Mm-hmm. Our locals are so important to Sedona. And I think sometimes um, people forget that, how much they contribute to a community as a whole. And I just wanted to bring that to the forefront and honor them as people. And, and there aren't a lot of places in Sedona to go experience right, this kind of theater. You know, and we need our locals to be a part of, you know, our community. Mm-hmm. And they are. They are the community. 
Yeah. I don't want people to, you know, miss that importance about people in our locals. How long have you been doing productions here in Sedona? I've been, I moved here in 2015. We did our first one in 2016, uh, which was The Christmas Carol. So it's been seven years. Wow. Yeah. And uh, tell us a little bit about the space you have in the village. Okay, so the Arts Academy of Sedona, it is a multifunctional space. It's, like I said, our local community center in the village. Um, it has, we have a TV, we can do parties in there, we can have meetings. There's, I mean, it's endless. We have, we've had wedding receptions in there. So it's a very multifunctional space. Um, you have internet, just, it's endless. And How once a month on Friday nights, you have uh, variety shows with local yeah, performers. Do. We have Friday night at the theater, which happens the third Friday of every month, um, and which is a really great thing. And there's just so much that I try to bring to the space as a whole that people can share in. I just want uh, folks to know that they can go on the website, uh, the theater's website, and find all this information really, really uh uh, conveniently, and they can also there's a telephone number, or there's a, some way to to write you folks and get the information. Emerson, you can go to uh, www.emersontheatercollaborative.org, and for the Arts Academy of Sedona, it's the Arts Academy of Sedona.org. Right. So, I guess the question is, why are you doing the Great Gatsby at this particular time? Well, well, b- before we get to that. Um, Ashley Edelman, who's directing the production, has come all the way to us from the Bronx, New York, my, oh my old gosh. stomping grounds. Oh, my God. <laughs> a little bit of a travel. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and this is not her first go-around coming to Sedona to direct uh, shows for, ah. for Camilla. So, Ashley, tell us a little bit about your background and your experiences with, with Camilla's organization. And, and I'm especially curious to find out how you feel about having a whole cast of of amateurs <laughs> that you're directing and what the challenges of that are. So, yeah, so I'm originally from New York City, and I've been producing and creating theater in New York City my entire life, actually. And I have my own small not-for-profit theater company in New York City. We do pieces specifically about women's history called Infinite Variety Productions. And the theater company creates things in New York, and then it travels. But obviously, that's not the best thing to do in 2020 when mm, everything right. shuts down. And so I've known Camilla for many, many years. She's been a big supporter of mine and just help as an artist and just as an individual person. I was lucky enough to work with Emerson Theater Collaborative many, many years ago. And so when we were basically coming out of quarantine, Camilla was doing a show called Raging Skillet. And she asked me if I would come and direct. And I actually tell you, because I you know, was thinking about her place in Connecticut. And I was like, great, I'll take the train there next weekend. And then all of a sudden, I looked at my emails next week, and I was like, oh, wait, I'm going to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> How did you guys meet? <laughs> I'm curious about that. In, in 2009, I did an audition for Waiting for Lefty by Clifford Odets. I went to New York City um, to the Ripley Greer, and I oh, well. just did auditions, and and that's what we normally do. In that mm-hmm. case, we go to New York City, and we go to do go to Ripley Greer. I know it well, <laughs> and you know, and get the auditions, and she comes in, and you know, I chose my cast, and she, I was living in Colchester at the time, and so that's where it all began. We did Waiting for Lefty in Colchester, Connecticut, in Mystic, Connecticut, and we traveled. 
So uh, Emerson always used to do that, wow. travel around to do different uh, different places. And so that's how we met. I directed her in when Awesome. What was wonderful about that, it's one of the main, uh, there's many reasons why I love working with Camilla, but even Waiting for Lefty obviously has a lot of elements to it, a lot of political themes underneath it, and we did talkbacks afterwards. And the talkbacks, even to this day, this was many years ago, are still some of my favorite talkbacks that I ever had. Mm. Because, you know, I feel like Camilla takes risks, and then she gives a space for people to be brave, to be able to ask questions. So even if you didn't understand the themes of the play, it's not something that you understand yourself, she gives a space for you to say, I didn't understand why that particular person can't find a job. What is the reasoning behind it? Mm -hmm. And it gives a chance for people from all different backgrounds to be able to come together and be able to have these experiences which is actually what I love very much about working with the locals here. And I'm very much about the exes. It doesn't matter if you're a professional, it's your first time doing it. Once you're in the space, you're an artist, and everyone here mm -hmm. is an artist. And so I've loved working with everyone here because we have such a very intense process of doing this show. So we do two <laughs> weeks on Zoom. And with a, I'm glad it's a two-hour uh, difference now. When we first were about to go into rehearsals, it was three hours. Right. So everyone else was finishing here. It was like 8 o'clock. And I'm like, it's 11. That's fantastic. Right. <laughs> you guys enjoy dinner. Um, and then we meet in person. We have about a week to put on a full production. And when Camilla says she's including people, she we have musicians that are local that we just said, hey, you do some amazing things. Come join us. Mm -hmm. We have dancers. Hey, come join us. Anyone who can do something, I want them to be a part of the production. And that includes, even for the audience members that are going to come, we're going to have you be part of this experience. Because who would not want to go back to the 1920s, to be able to go back to the Roaring Times, and also to the time of artists coming together to celebrate? And although there's many themes that I know we'll get into that are underlying Great Gatsby, at the core of it, it's about artists and people getting together to just talk. And from the first day that I met Camilla, that's what Camilla does with her theater. She gives you a, a place for artists to get together and talk, and then for audience members to get mm -hmm. together. And so it's been, I've had such a great time. This place actually has become like a second home to me, and I'm excited every time. So you actually do rehearsals on Zoom. This would not happen 20 years ago. Well, uh, that's sort audition. of amazing. All yeah. the auditions were on Zoom, too. I, w I, yeah. w I, I did my audition on Zoom, and mm -hmm. amazingly, I got picked to be in the cast. They probably couldn't see you that clearly. That's right. You know, <laughs> Stephen, uh, you know, uh, well, that's, that's really fascinating. So you do the, the auditions on Zoom, you do the... the, the practice you get ready on zoom and then you come and and uh, are here for a week or so and 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 get the show together why the great gadsby now and why do a radio play when you got a live theater i, mean, I love radio plays don't get me wrong i don't choose i don't think i choose it intentionally i think there's a part of divine intervention when I'm working on plays. I just feel like God intervenes in certain ways and allows me to choose a piece of work that's relevant in, which we're, in the time in which we're living. And it seems to be a pattern with Emerson Theatre Collaborative of doing shows that do that. Um, and so I really want to put it to divine intervention, but I feel like with Gatsby, there's so many layers and so many themes that resonate with us now that we continue to still deal with the same issues generation after generation and we don't seem to be getting any closer to solving those issues and I feel like with this play 
there are so many layers that we're going to talk about and that people can resonate with and perhaps take action in moving forward and looking at those issues and working through them. So the play resonated with both of you, obviously. Yes. And maybe for different reasons or similar reasons. I, so when I first heard we were doing Great Gatsby, I, like everyone else, was like, that's the book that I read in high school. <laughs> there was a green light in it, and there was some romance, right? right? And some bad things. And I actually, when I first, I was thinking of just the fun parts at first. I was like, great. The 1920s, and there's dancing, and there's a lot of fun and beauty. And again, I was like, there's something about a green light. I do remember that. But I actually learned, I, you know, as I did research, I started to realize why Camilla picked it. And when I first read it before, I was like, all right, I'll take this on directing. There were, like Camilla said, there were so many parts of it that resonated coming out of a time of quarantine, as well as we all know, right? We talk about the 1918 pandemic. Right. We talk, you know, and I think everyone yeah. was like, great. So it'll be like the roaring 20s afterwards. We're all going to go dance and, and women's rights and all of that. But people forget what happened after that. We went into the stock market crash. We went into the Great Depression. And I think we were all so excited to get to this new norm. And I think that what we can learn from all that is I always say, History doesn't repeat. People repeat history. And so I was really excited to bring people into a space to see what we're going through now, to see why people repeat history, to hopefully not repeat history. And the themes that got to me underneath all of it was the entire idea of the radio. So when the radio came out, that was a big way that people had a lot of advertisements. It was a way to say, oh, I'm going through something. Maybe if I buy something, it'll make life a little bit easier. Also, it brings a lot of news. And in a time now where we're not lacking for news coming to us and all ev from everywhere, it becomes a lot. And it becomes our way of actually forgetting what ha is happening with the news because there's so much of it, we can't even handle it. And so I was so excited that this took place. It was a radio play, which in itself was a big part of the time period. So when we do it, it yes, it is a radio play. So if you close your eyes, you can hear all of the sounds. You can hear what Joe Landry wrote, which is absolutely stunning in his language, and also how he does such a good job of giving us the themes and then giving us a second to have a lot of fun. He has a lot of fun jingles in it and stuff that also makes us say, okay, I can take a second and, and process what just happened. But the reason we wanted to do it live is because you can obviously listen to a radio play and, and feel and hear everything, but this is a way of saying you also need to see what's happening. And I think we went through an entire time period where we did everything on Zoom. You can only see things on a little box. So now we're taking it a step further and we're saying, what would happen if you went inside a radio station towards a time when everything is about to change, kind of maybe coming out of quarantine, having to move forward? How would those people act and what would you see? And when you come to the, uh, to the theater, you're going to see what everyone who went through that time as they're going from 1929 to 1930, what they felt and what they were doing. You know, in terms of the socio-political messages, and this is a political show, so we'd be remiss not to yes, talk about is. that. Yes, it is. One of the themes that resonates with me about Gatsby and how it relates to what's going on now, like one of the major problems in the country for the last, I'd say, decade and was really emphasized during the pandemic is the income inequality in the country. Like we... What happens before the stock market crash is there's a, a budding American oligarchy of these super rich people that are not contained by the government at all. 
the stock market crashes and we know what happened, there's a depression. But we have basically an American oligarchy again that is not being uh, as, as much as the right, you know, says, well, you know, there's too much regulation. They're not really being regulated because they don't pay any taxes, you know, either the corporations or the billionaires. And the people on the bottom, like some of the characters in Gatsby, are way are are, are, de- are infinitely uh, away from where the people who are rich in Gatsby are, and that's happening today. When people are making, as Kat put it to me last night, a hundred times the average worker, we have a problem. Exactly. Yeah. When people are hungry, in one of the most richest countries in the world, we have a problem. When there is homeless as much as it is in this country, we have a problem. Our elected officials have a duty to make sure that they hear the American people. They're not listening. So we as American people need to make sure that they do listen. And it's one of the reasons why I do what I do in theater is to make people aware of what is actually happening. And like I said, I generally don't choose the play for that moment. Mm-hmm. I just, I sit and I, sometimes I ask God, I said, okay, what is it today that I got to do? Where am I going? And I got to sit and I have to listen. And when I'm listening, I just start creating and things start to formulate. And I'll call Ashley and say, Ashley, I got this great idea. And usually it's like two o'clock in the morning, but I know I can't call her, but I want to. So I'll just text her and I'll say, hey, this is what just happened in my dream and can we make it work? Um, But that's how it comes for me. When I see people suffering and hurting, I want to do something. And it's been 40 years that I've been in this industry of entertainment where I've been doing something so that people can have relief. Mm -hmm. And we as people, we need that now. Yeah. And politics and and what they're doing right now to the to them globally. Mm -hmm. But I live here in America. But what's happening here? We have some serious issues that need to be addressed. Yeah. Unfortunately, in the, in the 30s, we needed to go through a crash and a depression for about a decade and to 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 wake up people in politics and in power that things needed to be changed. And now we have Social Security and Medicare and well, Medicare was later on. But um, what which how did you view well, I think I think also because one of the great the things about Great Gatsby is flash in overindulgence, and I think that's a big part of it. We pay so much attention to those who are rich, who do have all of this influence because of money, and those are the people. I mean, social media does a whole lot, mm-hmm. and so when we're sitting there, and those are the articles that someone purchased Twitter, and we're talking nonstop about that. Well, there are people who are hungry. I think that's one of the big problems. Yeah. I think right now we're going through the same thing in the play when you have one of our characters who does not come from a lot of money who's having a hard time and everyone looks down on him because he's not having the fun parties he's not the one that's saying hey you know what come over to my house and we'll drink and we'll have a good time and let's forget everything because obviously that's a lot easier it's a lot easier to go onto social media and look at the person and get excited about i'm you know who's owning all the big companies now don't get me wrong it's really important to pay attention to who's owning the big companies but when you're actually just getting involved with the big flash and all of that you're not paying attention And I think you're looking down because I look, 
we are humans and humans do not like to look at suffering all right but it's amazing to me when you go past a car crash everyone stops to look so you have to stop and look but we live in this time where we're so easily distracted and that's a big thing of great gatsby everyone was drinking so much everyone was trying to forget their problems and i'm not going to say you need to live in your problems all the time but if you're not paying attention to what people are doing to make you look say all right there is inequality there is poverty there are all these things that are happened but hey guess what guys there's this new great tv show on netflix that you can all watch and pay attention to and let's talk about that there's a reason they're doing that that is throughout history where they basically say hey look in this direction while we're doing something really not so great over here absolutely and and as much as i understand there's a lot and we the only way we'll push our government is if we as people start paying attention and working together with differences all of that and pay attention to what's actually happening and not being distracted and that's one of the biggest things of great gathering of wealth and celebrity hasn't really changed all that much. It's it gone has through not. all these iterations, but we still have it. And if, if you don't watch TV shows and stuff, then you don't you see you miss a lot of it personally. But you can see it out there, and uh, people are still absorbed in it. It's interesting that people who have very ordinary lives or very difficult lives like to watch rich people who don't wear much clothes, you know, do do all kinds of of things. And that hasn't changed. And, you see, I wonder if as, as social problems build up, if there's more intensity to have this sort of cult of of personality but it's not it's a personality not singular but personalities that seems to be so much of the population is absorbed in um and i think that when i when i hear you guys talk i hear hear people who are trying to take things in a different direction who are trying to talk into that um party that giant party going on that is distracting mm-hmm. And and is is kind of anti-human in some weird way. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. I mean, I just feel like you know today I want people to become undistracted and look at the real things that are happening, and what we can do as people to make sure that everybody that needs gets what they need, the basic human things of life. Everybody needs a place to sleep and lay their head. People need food to eat. They need to take care of their children. They need to educate their children. Uh, education is the last thing on people's minds. And it's important. People don't want to see... Uh, sorry, Stephen. People don't want to see sadness. And Great Gatsby, along with all the parties, along with the wonderful characters, along with everything else, there's a great deal of sorrow and sadness in, yes. and loss. Yeah. And, and we really do have to face those things. And Absolutely. we really do. And theater provides a safe space for people to feel and understand sorrow, loss, and, and other kinds of uh, emotions like that. So I think that uh, Great Gatsby sounds like a great choice to me. Yeah. Another thing to me that comes through in the Gatsby character, we were talking about celebrity before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like a lot of celebrities today, you can say this about them. Gatsby is a mysterious character, basically. I mean, people know him a little bit, but he's really unknowable. Yet, 
he's looked upon as some kind of major superstar, god, celebrity because he's wealthy. And yeah. people react to wealth the same way today. But one of my favorite lines is someone asks, who is that person? And they say, he's just a man named Gatsby. Right. And that goes back to what you were saying about being human. We live in this time of being of anti-human, not wanting to feel. But also Gatsby is human. Every single character. We love to look at characters and plays and films and say, this person's evil, this person's good. It is so much easier to decide that one person is good and one person is bad but at the end of the day we are all human and i think what theater does is remind us that even if there's something you yes you spent many years ignoring you spent many years going through a whole lot because you are human and that is okay and what theater does it gives us space when you feel to say it is okay that you're feeling you are human and it brings people together as humans to be able to have their experiences and see what other people go through because at the end of the day gatsby's mysterious but he is just a human right. And I think we have to look at those people that we put on pedestals. They're not. Mm -hmm. They're not. So they are humans. And those who are going through a really bad time and you go and in, in New York City and you know, you do you you go right past people who are on the streets and it's gotten to the point. There's so many homeless on the streets mm -hmm. that you don't even you, people walk past. And you're like, I just walked past 10 people and I didn't even look at one of them because we forget that these are all humans with entire lives. And I think it's a lot to take in. But I think the more we can look and realize and it's OK to also have a day that you're like. Like, I just want to go on Twitter and read about celebrities. It is okay because you're human to need to turn off once in a while. But if you just turn off, then you're turning off a part of your own humanity, and there's no progress from there. You know, no. one, of, one of the things that, that really drove the Roaring Twenties, a major part of what drove the Roaring Twenties, is kind of the first liberation of American women. You know, we lo um, they got the vote. You know, and so it was like, and we came out of the pandemic of that period, and so they were part of the party. And I'm curious about how the both of you view the women in Gatsby. I think, for me, the human condition is the most important thing that we could ever think about. And women in the human condition have the ability to move mountains when the road becomes tough. When women come together, things shift greatly. Mm -hmm. The women in Gatsby at that time, many just wanted to change the way things were going. But in that same moment, they needed to party, they needed to do these other things to be and feel human. Right. The shackles were off and right. they could play a little bit. And exactly. You had, and, you, and you had the difference between the more wealthy people that could do that, but the women and the women who were not as wealthy who were aspiring to right. that lifestyle. But dance exactly. halls were big. You know, all the classes of people went to dance yes. halls and went to plays and did all of this stuff. It was a liberation from a much more conservative, restrictive culture mm -hmm. that yeah. had existed, you know, since the United States had formed, shifting and changing all the time. But but people got to get out of the house, essentially, and, and do something else. Women had jobs. That was exactly. a huge change. That empowered them. Didn't seem like it was doing that at the time, maybe, but it was doing it because once they had income, then they were no longer dependent on men in the same way they had been in the past. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So, so the play represents a whole lot of um, a lot of social change. Um, it the characters are fragile too and vulnerable, which kind of draws us in. Daisy, for example, and and uh, I think that that. You know, if if we go to the movies, it's all supermen and superwomen and, you know, and super everything. And I think it's interesting to see a, plays that are about people and their vulnerabilities and their mistakes. The errors, human condition you know. of people. Yeah, I just, when I think about Daisy, I think about Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. How truly misunderstood she was. She and was really a vulnerable human yeah. being. And she was we extraordinary. All know that yeah. That's what people don't know. An amazing producer. An amazing poet. People, All the things that she had done in her life. You know, but her vulnerability was just out there. You know, and people just saw her as this icon and not even seeing her as human. Yeah, she was... Beautiful. She was yeah, beautiful. She was. And it, it was a, I don't have a word for it, but she became, yeah, sort of archetypal. And people saw the archetype, not the woman at one point. Or they saw the, the woman very secondarily through a screen of the archetype of who she'd become. I think if you don't mind, I think people want someone to look up to. And I understand that, too. No one wanted to know about Norma. They wanted to know about Marilyn. Mm -hmm. Because what Gatsby represents and what the play represents is this idea that you can get something more. And I think that's the hard thing to grapple with within this play. It's not as mm -hmm. also, you know, I, I talk a whole lot about seeing people. And I love to say, actually, for superheroes, if after they have their epic fight to help people, if you were to go back to the scene, they probably did a lot of damage. Yeah. You know, like superheroes actually also, they probably hurt people. And if we actually showed what happened afterwards, they probably felt guilty about it. It's not easy to do good. You know, it's actually just as hard as it is and does a lot of things sometimes as it is to do things that are not so great. There's a lot of really hard choices to be made. And I think that's even for Marilyn. People wanted to see her as someone who's great. So then when we see also celebrities now who fall, we're very confused and we get very upset about that because they represent, just like Gatsby does, this idea that you can get something more, that there is hope for a better day. But one of the things I'm hoping people see when they come to the show is that you have to do that. You can look at someone and say, okay, there's this thing, there's this brighter day tomorrow that I can go, but you need to understand, and you also need to realize it's going to take time, and I think that's the hardest thing for people to realize. All of our characters just want things to change. They want to forget what they all went through. They want to be a better person themselves, and they want to know that tomorrow things can just get better. We can forget all the bad things that just happened. We can move forward, and things will be great, but that's not life, and it's not easy to make change, and so I think that's one of the things that I'm hoping also people take away from this play that there is such a thing as hope it's just not easy yes. and but that's why it's worth it if you really move forward and you have to move forward with everything that happened to you in the past all of our great celebrities like Marilyn and even you know Zelda you know Zelda Fitzgerald who Daisy is based a lot off of mm -hmm. had quite a hard life and it's also because I think she couldn't go and do the great things that she wanted to do and it was not easy, no matter what, even if you had, you know, I mean, obviously Fitzgerald and all of them did not have a lot of money during that time. They talk very often, actually, how Scott was like bankrupt all the time. But we like to think of them as these great celebrities of that time because we want to look at that generation as something yeah. we can have. But we have to see it for all that it is to then be able to have 
better things. And I think that's one of the things that's happening now is we're not seeing everything that's happening and just hoping things get better. I wanted to get back to the specifics of the the way the show is being put together. Um, One of the fascinating things to me, I found out last night in rehearsal that there is an 18-year-old in the cast. And we also, I think, have people that are over 70 in the cast, (laughs) if not even older. I I hate to use the phrase older, but more seasoned, let's say. Um, On top of the fact that that's really cool, as the director, what... What are the challenges that that presents, if any? And and in general, what challenges do you feel like you have in doing a show like this with this cast? I mean, I think everything has a challenge in itself. I find it exciting. I think the biggest thing is we talk very much in theater about creating a brave space right now. And that's for each individual. So if it is something that people, you know, every, anyone's a little bit more tired, allow them to have some time, but just check in with them. And I actually think the challenges that arise in theater actually help us as humans to understand how to work in life Mm -hmm. and so one of the things that I've absolutely loved is yes I came in here not knowing most of the people who were here and did not know in fact there were times because Camilla wants to involve a lot of people she would call me up and be like I know someone who's a great singer can they be a part of it fantastic (laughs) and then yesterday we had a singer and she she brought her piano player in and I was like oh hi welcome I'm here in this now too and so it is cha- it is challenging because as those who hopefully come see the show, there is so much going on in this mm. show. There is dancing, there is music. Believe me, I've been exhausted after rehearsal, and we've only had <laughs> only a few days of this so far. So well, it is tech week. Yeah. It is tech week. Yeah. So it is. I think one of the most challenging things, though, is knowing you're putting your heart into something. And I don't mind. I think, and I've noticed with all the artists, and I've been very fortunate with all the artists I've met in the time we've had. I asked them the first rehearsal, what do you want the audience to step away with? And then I think that's what I've seen all of the artists here been driven by. Because I see them coming in wanting to do their work. I mean, they come in 9 a.m. and last night we left at 10 p.m. And, uh, you know, we make sure that people are being healthy and all of that. And we do very much stress that because I think sometimes as artists, while we're trying to help society, we don't take care of ourselves. But I think that... The challenges are worth it as long as people come and see it. And the challenges right now is that you're putting the idea of the show out into the ethers and you wonder if people are even paying attention. You're wondering if people are to come see the show. And the amount that these artists have put into it mm-hmm. for the last three weeks and even before that because the the young the woman who's 18 years old, she's an actor in the show. She's also doing sound design. It's her first time doing sound design. And Camilla creates a great space where artists can come in and learn. And she's learning. And I have been doing theater for quite a long time. And I love the fact that I get to teach her sound while we're doing it, which definitely is a challenge to be teaching while you're actually creating. But it's worth it if people come and support. Let's go back to the specifics of the production. When when is everything, Stephen, and... and, how do people get yeah. there? Yeah, how do people get there? So uh, it all it all starts. Um, it's actually almost like sort of Great Gatsby week. It is. <laughs> like weekend. It yeah. all starts on Wednesday, even though it's called Giving Tuesday. It starts on Wednesday on the 30th, which will be um, the Giving Tuesday charity event from 4.30 to 6.30 at the space at Arts Academy of Sedona, at the Collective Sedona in the village. Um, and... Anybody can can come and make donations and participate in all the events that Camilla has going on. And then a couple of days later, it leads into the opening night of The Great Gatsby on December 2nd. Um, 
which will be which will be a seven o'clock show. Also, December third at seven o'clock, and Sunday, December fourth at two p.m. And that two p.m. show will also be a live stream audio. Um, and for information, go to emersontheatercollaborative.org. And Camille, do you want to add anything to that specific? I do want to add something. Tomorrow is Tuesday. It is the actual Giving Day. So Giving Tuesday is tomorrow, the 29th, where all of the the nonprofits globally will be having campaigns to support their organizations. I am asking everyone to support your local theater companies, support your local nonprofits. This is the only way for these businesses to continue to keep moving. We need to support our local artists. And support your local radio show That's because we, we pay for all our airtime. We have almost no expenses. No one has ever drawn a salary or any money personally for in 11 years that we've been doing it. It's all the money that we raise just buys airtime so that we can broadcast the show. Station is not broadcasting this free. And so every year we need money, too. <laughs> That's a great segue, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know me. <laughs> one, one thing I will, I will add that I forgot to mention before is that uh, all attendees at the performances uh, are encouraged to bring new unwrapped toys so that the collaborative um, can contribute to the Toys for Tots program. We're partnering with Toys for Tots organization that's uh, run by Saveco. Saveco is the Sedona Area Veterans Community uh, Outreach Organization for Veterans. We thank them so much, and so we partnered uh, every uh, season to support the work that they do, and it's important to give our kids a little Christmas. So you're doing Gatsby. What are you going to do next after that? I have opening in February 2023. It's called A House with No Walls by Thomas Gibbons. This is the third play in his trilogy. Uh, last year we did Permanent Collection, which Ashley directed. Uh, the previous year we did uh, B. Luther Hatchie, which I directed. And again, this playwright is just extraordinary. The way he writes and, and writes life. He's amazing, and so I'm so honored to be able to do this third uh, play and bring Ashley back again to uh, direct it. Oh, great. I saw this is in February. It was excellent, the, yeah. the play that Ashley directed, and it, it was really, really tremendous. Like Camilla said, the, Thomas Gibbons, who wrote it, and it's a, a testament to the plays that Camilla does pick, he does a really good job of showing all the many sides and encouraging conversations. And actually, that play I got to do in the round. What The space itself, we get to have a lot of fun in the many different ways because it's this big space. You can do plays in many different ways. So we will keep the audiences excited in everything that we do. We will make sure that it'll always be different. It'll always be interesting. It'll always start conversation. It'll always be fun. And so I'm excited now because I did the last one in the round, and there were a lot of surprises in the last show in permanent collections. And this one will be just as exciting. So the Gatsby in December and uh, more plays the rest of the year. Yeah, we have a full season of shows coming. And I just want people to come out and support theater and support Emerson Theater Collaborative and the Arts Academy of Sedona because the work we do in our community is so important. There's so little little live theater. There's so little uh, coming here. Yeah, it changes lives. Yeah. We moved here from New York, and I was used to off-off-Broadway. And (laughs) we came here, I I guess I put my nose up in the air, and I didn't go to a lot of stuff. So it's good to hear that there's all these wonderful things going on. 
And I, I can also say, because Camilla will, will still bring in actors from New York City, mm-hmm. and everyone comes home feeling like they're part of this family. And so I, you know, I've brought my, I've suggested actors to come here. And when they leave, they feel like they're part of Sedona when they leave. And I think that's what's great about encouraging the theater here and what's different than New York City. You come to New York City and you feel like, whoa, that was a crazy city, all of that. When I feel like when I come here and I get to do theater here, I feel like I'm a part of something that's mm-hmm. part of Sedona. And so I think in a time where we want to get people from all parts of the country to talk to each other, that's what the art does and that's what this can do. Because even for the February show, we have a few actors coming from different states to come in and they'll also be working with some of the residents here and that's how you start conversation. And they won't get seduced by the Red Rocks when they see the... Which never feels real, no matter how many times I'm here. I'm like, what is that painting outside my window? I'd love to have a $2 million performing arts budget. That's my goal, to have a $2 million performing arts budget. We'll have to leave it there because we're Thanks to our guests, Camilla Ross and Ashley Yutton. You've been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day.